Say that the podcast for your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago. Joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. I'm disturbed by the fact that Jed is goofy on teeth pills. Sure, that does sound disturbing <laughs> when you put it that way. Of course, almost anything would sound disturbing when put in that particular tone of voice and cadence. Yeah. Also joining us uh, on the aforementioned goofballs, Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions. Why well, always with the fighting? <laughs> Jed's feeling uh, conciliatory. His his advice tonight may be have a little more uh, it's a little more of a gentle edge to it. Absolutely, just put on a nice sweater. Well, you know, sometimes uh, when people have like a podcast and they are debilitated and on some form of medication, then they just don't record the podcast. <laughs> Not us. Not us. Rub some salt in it. That's right. Keep moving. It's yeah. the college, uh, it's the high school football approach. Yeah, uh, take a salt tablet. But uh, Jed has had some oral surgery. Yeah. And uh, he's, because, uh, you know, sometimes there's like a drug uh, controversy. Sure. That people, you know, they're doping, doping scams. Yes. We just like to get that right out there. Sure. Yeah, there's no scandal. I'm super doping. Yeah. I'm yeah. definitely mega doping. Jed is, is seriously hopped up on the teeth pills. There's no doubt about that. And Glenn was so excited to get back into the doping scandal bit we do occasionally on the He didn't even give me a chance to point out that Lee, younger, uh, other normal co-host, not with us tonight. Oh, well, <laughs> of course I... Just just for, totally forgot that Lee I, ever existed. I... <laughs> I certainly miss his presence. Sure. If you've been friends with Glenn for some 10 years, occasionally if he's really excited to get to a bit making fun of Jed, he will just erase your whole existence from his brain. <laughs> well, really just about uh, about the comedy. Yeah. Sure. So some other podcasts, other organizations have a, you know, if you're debilitated, we won't make you come to work. We obviously don't have yeah. that. Other groups have a no man left behind policy. We super don't have that. Yeah, uh, no, definitely not. You know, it's just too bad. Yeah. <laughs> people forgot you ever existed. Well, well we... also, just to keep people uh, aware and to not talk about Lee anymore, <laughs> uh, I'm still on the fish pills. That's good. Uh, so I feel pretty good based on the fish pill. It's got the omegas. Right. The omega-3s. Right. And I asked the lady at the health food place, is that like the best omegas yeah. that you could have? Yeah. And she's like, whatever. I was like, awesome. Yeah. yeah. So that's, right now I'm just taking the pills for the fish fish oil pills. Yeah. The wild, wild you fish know oil I take? pills. I take ichthus pills because they've got alphas and omegas. Wow. Nutritional Jesus Juke, you're welcome. While was... on severe pain medication, Jed Brewer can still tap into some some very dark aspects of his upbringing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that is so, if you wonder about the things that are so deep in the marrow yeah. of Jed Brewer's personality. That's right. That's down in the darkness. He's dredging stuff The Jesus up. Juke out of nowhere. Totally yep. unnecessary. <laughs> Dude, you know that, that like there's a Christian bookstore chain right now working on ichthus pills. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Got the, the, yeah. It's the alphas and the omegas. Yeah. That's, yeah. No, I'm, for now, I'm just doing the pills. Sure. Uh, I, I'm thinking if I get me a fish tank, I could just, you know, 
Cut out the middle man? Yeah, suck, suck the oil straight out. Absolutely. Of it. Sure, and that's how that works. You know, I think you have to wait till they make more oil, so you got to have several fish that you're sucking oil out of. Sure, absolutely. I don't know all the ins and outs, but, you know, that's... Oh, well, that's the, shocking. That's the... You're that's, an idea man. I'm an idea man. You got to get the concept first. You want, you want the yeah. fresh oil. The fresh you know. oil is the best. Right. So, yeah. you know, we, we just... Uh, but... Full disclosure. You're fish, on the pills. I'm on the fish pills. You're on the tooth pills. Lee is uh, elsewhere. Sure. So uh, we're we're dealing with a lot here. There's a lot going on. No, the only Christian podcast on the internet with a running injury report. <laughs> <laughs> Lynn's on the fish pills. Jed's on the pain medication for the wisdom tooth extraction. Uh, Lee, if if you do, you have any more funny bits? I'll, I'll, no, no. Because normally you get, it, apparently we're gonna have a seven. I'm gonna go like ten seconds into explaining where Lee is. Right, and you're yeah. bored. Right, yeah, I'm bored. He's picking his wife up from the airport. Her flight huh? got delayed. Whatever. Okay. Yeah, it's good. We like Christy. We, it's good that she's getting picked up from the airport. We hope oh, yeah, having a lovely time. We fully that's support good. that. Yeah. Well, I think as we move into the, out of the medical uh, status of our <laughs> the medical updates, yeah, the injury report, yeah, we have some folks on the injured reserve, we got some folks on the questionable, some folks on the probable. Right. I think it's important that we also have a medical emergency. Wow. I like a nice emergency. Here's the thing. Are you declaring a med- medical emergency? Glenn, I don't have time for all your rules. <laughs> Man. Wow. You're just, you're going rogue. I get right into it. Okay. Because here's the thing. Not, Jed did have his wisdom teeth removed. Right. So it was the oral surgery, which Glenn um, pointed out. And here's the thing. He consulted his, his dentist. Right. He consulted the oral surgeon. Yep. Consulted his wife, which is always smart. Yeah. You know, he didn't consult. Who? Us. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, I didn't even think to. Because here's the wow. thing. We give the wisdom to the people. Right. And Jed has reduced the overall pool of wisdom right. from which we can draw to give the people. He's essentially hobbled this entire podcast with his selfishness. Yeah, it's wow. true. That's true. You know, we, we had some, some, some uh, t- Twitter uh, concern. We had uh, super fans on the Twitter that were expressing... The lack of wisdom teeth means the wisdom quotient is it's going, going down. Sure, what does this mean yeah. for the people? Jed doesn't care. No, he doesn't definitely care. not. So uh, does this mean that Jed really has what it takes to be on the podcast? I've never had what it took to be on the podcast. I mean, he's low energy. Yes. Sure. So that right away, that's a... <laughs> you have any leaks you'd like to tell us about some things? Am, well, I, am I sad? You, you are sad, exclamation <laughs> Should point. we start drug testing before the podcast? Sometimes you're just, you, something is sad, but you want to get an exclamation point after it because it's so sad. Sad. I, you're excited that it's sad. Yeah, it's not. That's sad. Now, are you going to just kind of float these rumors out now, and then if we have a show where you feel like Jed gives way better advice than you, and the the media kind of agrees that Jed really won that podcast, you're going to start openly calling for uh, for drug testing for the next podcast? That's right. Yeah, yeah it's it's rigged. It's all yeah. rigged. The you podcast know. is rigged. Y'all. The, the podcast is totally rigged. <laughs> I you don't believe it. Sometimes at the mainstream media, after we record this podcast, edits parts out. Yeah, well, totally you know, rigged. I mean. Uh, we should be right now right. winning podcasting, and we're not, and we're not. Therefore, rigged, rigged. Oh, iTunes conspiracy. Yes, this I like. that's right. Although you know the corruption goes deep, bro. Some weeks I'll receive in advance the exact text of a question we're going to be asked. Wow. Yeah, that's right. That's shocking. That's right. See what's happened here is Jed innocently. Yes, he had his wisdom to- teeth removed. 
And yeah, of course he feels bad about that. Yeah. You know, and he's apologized for that. Yeah, I have. But people are are piling on. Yeah. And uh, adding to that scandal, yes. you see, and t- trying to take advantage of it in order to rig things. Yes, that's right. Now, Glenn, it, it sounds like you're saying there, there are things you hear that people are saying. Right, that's right. People are saying that's. I, I learned that uh, recently. Yes, is, <laughs> is what you what you you don't have to. You could just say people are saying. Right. And then that's like whatever you say after that, everybody has to accept it because apparently people are saying it. For example, let, these fish pills that Glenn's so fond of that are making him, you know, more mentally acute, more more just helping the wisdom on the podcast. Um, people are saying yes that those pills are part of a government conspiracy to create frog people. Yes, right. So that's the kind of the first steps. You get that fish oil on them to you're, try you're, to see if they can spawn the gills. Yeah, people right. are saying they've seen the tanks where they keep the frog boys. Right. Yeah, and the Glenn is now benefiting off this. You're talking about the man frog hybrid. Yes, absolutely. And a thing uh, I wish I was making up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is uh, this. Uh, people are saying, uh, I you know that that this podcast should be number one, but it's been, being rigged. People are definitely saying you know, that. Do you think they fear us because we're outsiders? That's right. We're, we're podcast outsiders. We're not part of the mainstream... Podcasting elite. Podcasting elites. Yeah. That's I we mean, want we are, to be. Sure, we're we not inside very the podcast badly want to be. We are in no way elite. At all. At all. Yes. I mean... Uh, we're not even good. <laughs> <laughs> we're definitely Fair. not good. Fair. We've never been good. Okay? I don't know how these rumors get started but we have never been good the reason we're not part of the podcasting lead is not good at it not qualified to do it <laughs> right. shouldn't be allowed to do it rigged so we're gonna focus less on that and more on the rigging though <laughs> yeah, yeah no we, we we're we're but this is the thing is we're we're the we care about the people you know yeah. sure we're there uh to 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 you know we're not uh hoity-toity uh intellectuals no, no. you have uh, during this the course of this podcast fantasized about having a solid gold bidet but well that's just the common man's dream that's right that's that's the dream of the all voice of the working man that's a that's a dream of all americans really yeah. when you think about it uh and so here's 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 what it, it comes down to is uh, it, it, we have to endure this these slings and arrows for the people. Mm-hmm. We're the heroes. We're the heroes of a, of a movement, uh, and and we, our voices will be heard. Yeah. Would you say we are the voice of the people? Definitely. Also, and I can't emphasize this enough: I alone can fix. Yes, my man. Podcasting is rigged. Glenn alone can fix. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I think you know. The, here's the thing: is we're dealing with a lot. Yeah, I think it is. First of all, true. Lee has completely abandoned us. So yeah, not really know what sure. happened, but you weren't yeah. listening when I described what happened. It, so that's it, okay. It could be a podcast split. Yeah, it's probably super is. not. And he had to go pick up his wife again. I can see you tuning out as I say that. <laughs> a, a podcast schism, if you will. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a hism schism. Yeah, uh, a rift. He's yeah, headed to Avignon rift. to start his own podcast. That's and, right. You know, it's going to be a whole Eastern Orthodox say that, and yeah. it's be you know we we got all kinds of madness happening yeah. with that so uh, you know uh, Jez guys his he's a he's got no wisdom left none nope. b he's goofy on pills yep. I mean we're dealing with a lot here yeah. absolutely now I think you're absolutely right but I think the main question is what what can people do yeah mm. what's to be done against this rigged system now people are saying 
that some people, a lot of people, they try to download, say that, so that we get those sweet, sweet podcast numbers. Right. And just other shows pop up in their feed because yeah. of wow. conspiracies. And conspiracies. Probably Russia. So here's, yep. I think, you have to go to your, not your local, because your local one's probably fine. Right. Maybe the next podcast station over. Yeah. And just, you know, just 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 start peering on some other people's iPhones. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so yeah, it looks like you're, looks like you're down the Osteen podcast. You probably meant to download Say That, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah we, what you're talking about is being a podcast observer. That's Absolutely, right. that's right. I think it's a great it's idea. It's perfectly legal. It's, it's not. It's not podcast intimidation. No, not that's at all. That's a different thing. Not it's at all. just being a podcast observer. You're keeping the people honest. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Maybe you just go down to your local podcast download station that every town has, right. and you say that shirt. Yeah, stand exactly a hundred yards away as is required by law. Right, and just glare at people. <laughs> that's right. I do that every day. This is this well, that's is, true. We have to deal with uh, a podcast fraud. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because there are over four known examples of podcast fraud <laughs> rigged. <laughs> so yeah, we we I th- I think uh, here's the thing, guys. You know, this is where most people throw in the towel. Yeah, and say we got it. You know what I mean. But I say we dig in, okay. We double down, okay, and we just uh, fight to the bitter end. Sure, on love this it. thing. Well, that and I think the the big thing, the main thing, is unskew the podcast charts. Yes, because mm-hmm. here's the thing: it says that we're not in the top 250 Christian podcasts, right? But here's the thing: I listen to say that. Glenn, do you listen to say that? Yeah. yeah. Jed, do you listen to say that? Not really. Well, Try it again, Jed. Do you listen yes, to say that? I do. For the purposes of this, people are saying Jed listens to say that. Yeah. Here's the thing: uh, three out of three. Yeah. I think the numbers say 100 percent of people listen to say that. That's so. How are numbers. we not number one? You can't lie and 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 you can't uh, uh, disagree with the, the numbers. That's, That's right. Just, numbers don't lie. That's basic math. Yeah. Unless they're the numbers that we don't like, in which case rigged. Yes. That's right. Well, I think we solved it. In that case, yeah. I'm ready to declare our medical emergency off. I feel a lot better now. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think uh, I think it, possibly we've peaked, and it's only downhill from, <laughs> from here, but I say we keep going. Sure. No, I think that's right. Yeah. If, you may, you may listen, dear listener, you may listen to the show occasionally and think, you know, Lee really offers a lot. He gives great <laughs> advice. He's, yeah. He gives really kind of a, a perspective of a church pastor and a parent mm-hmm. and some other perspectives the guys can't give. I'm really glad Lee's on the show. You have no idea how glad you are Lee's on the show. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Because that, what you just heard, was the best the three of us can do at holding it together on our own. That's yeah. Right. The That's necessity right. of a civilizing influence yeah, it's on true. these three people cannot be overstated. It's That's true. Right. Come home, Lee. That's Come right. home. We need you, Lee. That's also important on Bridgebox. Mm. Lee is a key contributor to that. He, gives, he right. contributes a couple songs a month, and... Um, it really helps keep us on track. Yeah. Because, you know, when we pit, we want to do a topic like, you know, why everyone's wrong but me and I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> and we have to dial that down to, well, to, how about managing conflict? Right. Yes. How about something? Let's go positive. This month we're still, we're still on how, to, how do I change the world? That's right. So we got songs from Lee, songs from Jed, uh, sermons from Glenn and myself that were delivered in front of a, 
a room of people who will let you know if this is not going well, which is also a civilizing influence. <laughs> yes, definitely. Got some writings from uh, some great folks. So you get that kind of great stuff in your inbox every month, $8 a month, and it all goes to support the work we do up here in Chicago, missionusa.com slash bridge docs if you want to check that out. All right, we're going to jump to our first question here. If you hang out with us all the way to the end, I'll give you the addresses at which you can get in touch with us. First question came in anonymously, and it says, I have a sister who's five years younger than me. She's not a believer, and I've prayed for her for years to begin a relationship with Christ. I've also prayed for an opportunity to talk to her. This past weekend, we were on vacation together, and she asked me this question. If a gay couple walked into your church, would you let them join the church? I told her that I didn't think we would, and she asked me how as a Christian I could say that. I told her some things about uh, the church membership and how uh, what the Bible says about sexuality is infallible. She asked me how that could be loving in any way. I told her something about how the Bible was inspired by God, and I don't feel like I did this as well as I could have. Now I feel like I missed the opportunity God gave me that I had asked for. I felt at that moment that I was messing up with the way I was saying everything, and nothing was really coming out right. Neither of us raised our voices or got angry or anything, but I feel like I missed my chance. What did I do wrong, and how can I proceed from here? And, Jed, if you can kick us off on this one, it's obviously, um, even if it's not particularly about homosexuality, it's a situation we've all been in. And what I'd love to get us to look at here is uh, there's uh, something Glenn talks about quite a bit in our ministry training up here, which is there's a question behind this question. Yeah. We we don't know uh, your your particular church's membership policies. Yeah. But that's probably not what was being asked about. So how do we go about diagnosing what someone's really asking when they ask us these kind of things? Yeah, you're absolutely right. So very rarely when people want to talk about spirituality and religion, very rarely are they wondering about minutia. Mm -hmm. So if they're asking about something like, what are the bylaws of your church's ratification of the membership contract? The 99% of the time, that's not what they actually want to know. As Matt says, there's a question behind the question. And particularly in America today, here's the question most people are wondering. What kind of a Christian are you? It turns out if you watch the news, for example, there are two kinds of Christians in America. Mm -hmm. uh, there are Christians who, at the end of the day, their basic thing is, I love people and I accept people because God has loved and accepted me. Mm -hmm. And then there are people who call themselves Christians and their basic thing at the end of the day is, I judge people and reject people because I can. Right. Um, and... In general, people who are not Christians that are asking about your faith, they're asking which of those two camps do you fall into, because uh, that's going to really uh, impact the nature of our relationship. My guess, based on the question that you've asked here, is that you fall strongly into the camp of, at the end of the day, I love people and I accept people. Now, this is the key thing about that, is um, you, can just, you can just tell people that. Right. Um, yeah. You know, when they say, well, if a, if a gay couple came in the membership and the committee and the thing, say, hey, I don't know about all of that, but it sounds like you're asking, do I love gay people? The answer is yes. Mm -hmm. right. uh, do I embrace uh, gay people as people? Yes, I do. Uh, that's that's who I am. That's how I do. I love people. Gay people are people. Therefore, I love gay people. The end. Mm -hmm. um, if you're wondering, am I the kind of person that looks down on other people? The answer is no. Right. Uh, if you if you actually are wondering specific <laughs> things about membership requirements for my church, I'd be happy to connect you with my pastor. He knows far more about that than I do. But if you're wondering, do I love and accept all people the way that Jesus does? The answer is yes. Yeah. That's absolutely right. And to our question asker specifically, I think um, 
it's a tough word. We know y'all can handle it. That based on what Jed is saying, that means, yeah, you, you didn't do great on this. That's correct. But that's not because um, of anything that's wrong with you. It's not right. because um, you didn't know the theology. It's not because you're bad at witnessing or whatever. Right. You were having a different conversation yeah. than this person was that's trying right. to have. That's There's right. actually nothing wrong with that, and we can say uh, very clearly that all the lessons we know about this kind of stuff, uh, we know from doing that exactly mm-hmm. that way. Yeah. Right. And kind of getting that wrong, and you kind of learn over time. But Glenn, given that, that this is someone I think Jed's absolutely right, who if they had expressed properly the way they actually feel about this, this would have gone a whole different way. Yeah. Where do we go from here on that? Well, I think uh, uh, the the key thing is to figure out how did we get where we are, you know, in terms of, you know, in, if we're looking for how do we give better answers and have a, a better reaction to things, uh, it's it's important to know how we arrived at this way of thinking. I think, you know, when I'm around uh, church folk, I hear a lot of talk, of, I hear this phrase a lot, we have to contend for the faith. Sure. Here's, nope. an, here's another phrase I hear a lot. Our values are being attacked. You know what you got to do, Glenn? You got to stand up for truth. Yeah, yeah. These are phrases, and you can tell we're mocking them, and that's that's because we, we are super are. The reason why we're mocking them is not that there's anything wrong with those phrases in and of themselves. It's that this is language that is used by people who are Christian who talk to other Christians. Yep. Yep. We uh, talk to people outside the faith. If you go to your pastor of your church and you say, how many, just so I know, how many people in a given year, let's say, do you talk to outside the four walls of this church who are not Christian or maybe, you know, unchurched? You know, ha- you know the, maybe they're, maybe they accept the Lord somewhere back in whatever, but they're, you know, not in any way active and in, in, in at the very beginning of their walk. So from, you know, the be- beginning forward, outside the four walls of the church, uh, and or not Christian at all, how many of those people do you talk to and 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 deal with in a given year or so? If you ask that question, you're going to get a number frighteningly close to zero yep. in, yeah. in almost all churches. The reason why you hear us talking a little bit different is that's an everyday thing yeah. for us. I was at, a, at, at Cook County Jail earlier today. I'm talking to a guy who's twice as big as I am and is a member of the Muslim faith and wants to know, uh, do I have problem with uh, problems with Muslims? And th- that answer is no, <laughs> both theologically and uh, self preservation. Yeah, interpersonally. But uh, the the point there is, uh, th- when you get when you hear this talk, I have to contend for the faith. I have to, you know, kind of talk people into this uh, and, and defend my side in this thing. You end up talking about concepts and uh, theoreticals and all those kinds of things. That's the way that you answered these questions. As, as Jed said, you, you answered a theoretical question without answering the heart part behind that. But the, I think the key thing in terms of moving forward then off of that is to recognize that it's not about communicating these uh, individual points of doctrine. It's about communicating the fundamental heart of yeah. God himself. What does God think of this situation? Uh, and then by extension on that, differentiating where what you have a right to speak to and what you don't. When people enter into a relationship with God, 
they have that conversation with God about their sex life. Mm-hmm. That's none of my business. What people do in their what consenting adults do with each other uh, 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 behind closed doors. It, it, you know, this is not you know my thing to comment on this stuff. So uh, it, it's about getting to a place where you're expressing some of the stuff is not for me to comment on, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely right. I think you guys have both really hit on the main thing here, which is there's there's a question behind the question that is, it is as Glenn put it, about kind of the heart of God. And as Joe was talking about kind of your own heart, we have to, it's more difficult, but it goes exactly what Glenn was saying there. Sometimes you have to empathetically put yourself in the mindset of someone who is asking these questions and what mm-hmm. they're actually be uh, bringing up. So as we point out, this is almost certainly not about the membership policies of your church. But as you, as you kind of are looking at here, if you're someone who is related to someone, loves someone who believes this thing that seems to have all these really awful connotations, as Jed points out, if you watch a lot of cable news and the people they choose to come on cable news to represent this particular thing is just, it's just super. But that, that whole thing leads to essentially what, and I'm, as we point out, we've all kind of been asked this stuff by family members, by friends, by people on our mission field. There's a certain amount of, do you f- comport yourself the way these people comport themselves? Because mm-hmm. yeah. that mm-hmm. would be, that would be weird for me. Cause I think of you in a different way, in a weird way. This is a conversation where, if it's coming again, if it's coming from someone you have a relationship with, you love, it's not coming from you know a random internet commenter. They're probably trying to set you up to succeed here yep, right, in a weird way. Right. There's essentially a tell me that you are not a homophobe. Yeah. Right, that's that right. is what I want. I right, want to yeah. know that you are not a homophobe and you don't hate gay people and that you don't go to a place every Sunday morning where they talk about how. Gay people and feminists and liberals are ruining everything, and you know right. it gets a little rally-ish. <laughs> yeah, That's kind right. of you know. Tell me that, and also the underscore that, and this is a maybe a next step down there is a tell me you don't think God is really like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just a quick point behind what you're saying there is that we actually didn't get to good theology in this. Mm-hmm. That the first of all, good theology says saved people still sin. So there's not like a test that you have to take in order to be saved. Uh, There isn't a sin that you commit after you're saved that's so bad that it unsaves you in in terms of, you know, homosexuality being some sort of a unique thing that is somehow a disqualifier. And uh, homosexuality, uh, while mentioned extremely sparingly in the scriptures, uh, is a certainly a minor uh, point of emphasis compared to other elements of Scripture, and that needs to be expressed to to your sister. She needs to hear that. So, I don't think we got good theology in there, mm-hmm. even though we answered the questions theoretically correct. You know, yeah, you're absolutely right. In, in a way, it is impossible to answer a good the- a question with proper theology. When someone who doesn't understand how that works is asking it, right? Yeah. We talk a lot on the show about the ideas of you know not changing the channel and granting the premise and a lot of this kind of stuff that makes for good outreach when you're speaking into people's lives. But when we get into very specific things like this, again, this is a this is someone asking a very narrow thing mm-hmm. to speak to a larger thing, right? Yeah. So it actually doesn't do us any good to spend all our time on the narrow, right? right. You know, as far even as far as you know, someone who says, "Well, you let them join." If if someone hasn't gone to church, they don't really know what church membership means. Right. 
Right. They're probably being joined in a, would you let them come in and sit right. down? Yeah. So when yeah. you say, well, maybe not because homosexuality in the Bible, and while you're saying, well, there's obviously, you're almost taking it as rote that obviously we let everybody come in and join fellowship. If they wanted to, you know, go through a membership class and get on the elder board, there would be other things. You're, you're, you're doing what we uh, call Hermione's what we call in our ministry a lot, starting in the middle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have mm-hmm. to make sure you're starting at the beginning. But the good news about this is you, as you end your question of kind of I feel like I threw away my shot, it kind of comes back to this idea of if you have a good relationship with this person, if you're, you are loving towards them, which we know you are, um, this is not the last time this kind of stuff is going to come up. Again, because a lot of what's behind this is they want their sister to be a loving person who doesn't believe gay people are going to burn an eternal fire for, just for being gay. Mm-hmm. So this will come up again. Yeah. You will be more prepared to do it, and they will be happier. You'll be happier, and we we believe in you on that. All right, we're going to move on to our next question here. It comes in anonymously to our email address, and it says, In my husband and my community group, we recently started a new series about love and marriage. If you're of a certain age, you can think, sing the Married with Children theme song to yourself right now. From a pastor, insert name of megachurch pastor here, after listening to about half the message, I started to just get this gut feeling that something was off. Due largely in part to your guys on the podcast influence, it is important, me, important to me to know that the person who is giving me advice, especially spiritual marriage advice, upon, knows what they're talking about. Upon some initial Google searches, I was really disturbed by some of the things I read that this guy had put out there some things that are uh, really horrifically misogynistic. And I did some Googling myself and holy crap, they are <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like, it's bad y'all. My <laughs> problem is my community group leader is pushing us to look past these issues we have and still glean good things from the sermons. I do hear good ideas and that this guy is putting out in the abstract, but I just don't think I'm able to look past the things I know about him and participate in the group. So that's, that's part A. We're going we're gonna to go and read part B here. A, a smaller secondary issue is that we, along with another couple, brought up these issues to the group leaders, and they basically accused us of only focusing on the negatives and said we should try to see the positive in it. I agree with that idea to a certain degree, but I don't know if I can apply it to this situation, and I just kind of felt shut down in front of the entire group, and I really didn't appreciate this. Another complicating factor is that the, the leader couple of this married group has been a b- huge mentor to me and my husband as part of the reason we are married today. Any advice would be appreciated. Glenn, if you can kick us off, mm-hmm. and let's start off with this idea of, which we tackled a little bit on the on the show before, of oh, we, we might phrase it as eat the meat and spit out the bones, of kind of, yeah, there's some... Uh, some bad stuff in here, but there's good stuff in there too. So let's just focus on that. Well, yeah, uh, that's that's a that analogy kind of uh, suggests that some part of this is nutritious and the rest is sort of neutral, mm-hmm. and that's generally not the case. And, and it's it, certainly not the case in this case. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jesus said, "He who does not gather with me scatters," yeah. and. Uh, the idea that that some of this is sort of benign and neutral generally doesn't hold up. Now, again, w- let's be clear: we're not saying we think that you ought to go through everything that you hear with an extremely fine tooth comb. You'll find something you disagree with or that's imperfect in whatever is out there. We're also not saying that you need to, you know, uh, 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 be mean or ugly about that kind of thing or whatever have you. 
But we are saying be picky. We're yeah. saying, you know, if, if your spiritual health is important to you, it's like uh, your physical health. You wouldn't go to, you know, a third-rate doctor that's operating out of his van or something. You know, you, you want someone with a degree and everything. You know, <laughs> <laughs> these things are important. So, uh, but we see people being horribly unpicky and, and, and horribly misinformed or uninformed about the people giving them spiritual advice. Yeah. I think it's awesome that you are interested enough to Google it uh, because uh, we see a, 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 a huge number of people would not be listening to the people they're listening to if they simply did a Google search on what's their story. So uh, that's one thing. But I, I really want to focus on the, the defensiveness of the reaction of your leaders when you brought this concern to them. Because first of all, if it's somebody's teachings that's all the way outside the church, then it's, there's no reason to defend it at all. Uh, but, you know, here, here's the funny thing is I get a certain number of people, and, and I'm sure everyone listening to this has the same thing, where people, strangers will come up to me to witness to me, mm. you know, and a, a frighteningly large number of them don't ask me anything about me in terms of, uh, you know, do you know Jesus? Glenn, or if you, you die tonight, do you know yeah. for sure you'd go to heaven? <laughs> right. You know, so it's... It, Sorry, it, you look like a sinner. I've got some things to tell you. But I, I have sort of a standard response uh, uh, on all that, and it sort of pertains to the, the last question when, when, when someone comes up to me sort of rudely in that way and, and with some presumption. I always ask them the, the, the same question, which is, are you one of those Christians? And here's, here's the thing about that. I, 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 it, it, I'm just... Uh, uh, you know, I'm just asking: Are are you know, are, are you the kind of person that uh, does the is, thing you're doing? Yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't believe how often there's a defensive reaction to that. Yeah. Here's the thing: A, you were a schmuck, so there's nothing to defend. Yeah. B, if you want to convince me you're not a schmuck, and I'm telling you you're a schmuck, you can't tell me no, I'm not, <laughs> because you're not going to win that particular point from me. Yeah. So uh, if, if, if someone says, are you one of those Christians, you say, well, I, I guess I probably sound like I am, yeah. but let me regroup here. And let me try again. Right. So, uh, uh, so it's, it's important to, to recognize that, that defensive reaction is really prevalent. It's very common, and I think it comes from a place of inexperience. Uh, 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 and we, again, we've, that's a bit of a parallel with the last question. Uh, but it's all, you know, in terms of I'm not used to having these kinds of conversations, but I think it's also uh, a sense of not really having a good confidence in what it is that you're talking about and seeing this as a, as a personal attack and, and, and yeah. trying to defend. Like it's saying something about me that I thought this guy was good and you think he's not, and that sounds like you're talking about me. That's an insecure reaction, of course, and that's it's it's a it's a perhaps a product of someone who's not used to dealing with that. Final little point on this, and I'll kick it over to Jed. But I think the the, the sometimes we can get into a mindset of, well, all of these people are flawed to a certain extent, so you just kind of have to deal with yeah. that. You know, that's here's the thing: that's super not true. Definitely not. The the problem is we're not looking and we're not being critical. If you go into a, a, a Christian bookstore and say, I'm looking for a book that is written by a man who has 
frontline missions experience. Can't find one. You won't find one in there. Now, but here's the thing is the next time a Zondervan rep goes to that uh, that uh, Christian bookstore, the, the guy in the Christian bookstore is going to say, you know, somebody came in here and said they wanted a book by a missionary. That seemed like a weird thing to not have in here, but it's because you guys aren't publishing any mm-hmm. of it. I can't sell it. There's a demand, so go do it. So I think we we need to be more picky, not less picky, in order to get uh, uh, better materials that can help us do ministry. Absolutely right. And, Jed, if you could dig in with us on that, just the, expanding on this idea, which our friend in the question absolutely has right, but it's worth reinforcing of let's look at the kind of people we're getting advice from, especially on something as specific and important as marriage. Yeah. Hey, I'm really sorry this is going on in your life, and I'm sorry that your leaders are acting the way that they're acting. Um, I think it—let's kind of, you know, pull the camera back for a second. Don't worry about books or anything just for a minute. Let's just talk about advice. I was talking to a friend of mine a little while ago, and they were talking about some advice that they were receiving, actually about their marriage, that they weren't too sure about. And I said, well, the people that are giving you that advice, do you— do you want your life and your marriage to look like theirs? And, I mean, instantly, oh, God, no. <laughs> well. Well, then don't take their advice. Right. It turns out you don't want to take advice from people if you don't want the same results they've gotten. Right. You don't want right. your life to look like theirs, don't take their advice. That's right. And this is a smart guy I'm talking to. It's kind of a long pause. He goes, oh, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and this is the thing. That's the way advice works. And, and it can be you know, topical. You know, I mean, uh, you know, don't take advice in the gym from a guy that you don't want to end up looking like, right. you know, right. I mean, um, but, you know, if you are reading this dude's comments about life and marriage and the word used in your question is it was disturbing to you. Oh, for God's sake, don't take his advice on anything. Right. You know, <laughs> uh, uh, you're, you're saying I looked at the kind of person he is and the way he comports himself and I was horrified. Well, then don't follow his lead. That's right. I mean, it it doesn't matter whether, you know, what the leaders of your group think that uh, on, on this point that that's kind of irrelevant if if you're horrified by the idea of winding up like him then don't take his advice right i mean one of the things that feeds all this we talked about this recently on the podcast is the idea that you can't be discipled by a book right um, and you know we have this idea because there's so little discipleship in the church today there's so many people trying to grow based on just reading books we have this idea of speed out uh, you know eat the meat spit out the bones i can take things in isolation from different places even if it's kind of a jacked up dude he had this one neato thought so i'll take that and i'll go with that that's not the way this stuff is meant to work the way that spiritual growth is meant to work is finding someone that you can actually pattern your life after you know paul paul said at one point follow me as i follow christ you know the the way that spiritual growth is meant to work is having people not that they're perfect because no one is but that you can look up to and that you can follow as an example that's the way this stuff's meant to work. It's the way it's meant to happen. And you actually can't do that via a book, even if it's a really good book. Um, but if you have some more, you can look at their life and you can say, oh, for sure, this is awful. I don't want this. Then, you know, put the book down. Don't read it anymore. And, um, you know, go back to your leaders for a second. I'm sorry that that, that, that happened to you. But I, but I think Glenn is right. I think that actually reveals a lot of insecurity on, on their part, which, which points to some deeper problems that may be worth looking at. I think you're absolutely right. I think it's worth uh, kind of focusing on that that aspect of it for a second. This guy does a great job with the kind of the advice itself. Um, as I this person emailed in, and I, I kind of emailed him back because sometimes it, if you write in, it may be depending on how we record, it may be a couple weeks before we actually get your question. And one of the things I pointed out is this: this is a bit of an interesting, not interesting. It's kind of a weird uh, middle ground because 
Um, just based on the, the top three things that popped up in Google, if your pastor was saying any of the quotes I'd read in this dude from the pulpit, uh, my un, unequivocal advice would be run far from here and never never darken the doors again nor speak to anyone who uh, thinks this is a good idea because, right. I mean, holy crap, are we talking about some weird stuff? Mm. But that's not what we're dealing with. This is not, as Glenn pointed out, this is not something that's being taught by people in this church. It's not mm-hmm. even necessarily something that's being endorsed by this church. Part of what you point to in the question is that there was a certain, if someone's saying, well, why don't you just focus on the positive, there's a tacit admission that there's some negative in here. Right. So I, I think both these guys were right on with the defensiveness. Um, as someone who's led stuff and tried to get stuff going at a young age, there's a certain amount of, yeah, that was a, that was a bad idea. Yeah. Either that was kind of handed down from the leadership or... I was looking for a marriage sermon series, and this was the first one that popped up. And I just checked the dude, and he'd written blogs for the Gospel Coalition, so I assumed that meant it was good enough for me. And so this is all new information to me. I'm sorry, but, you know, what are we going to do mm-hmm. here? Mm-hmm. Um, that, so none of this is, as, is necessarily as serious as we talked about before of this is a church where bad doctrine is being preached or harmful ideas, if someone is using this, and I think that's one, uh, something definitely worth pointing out here, if someone is saying, well, the, the idea is we can use this anyway because the whole point is to have discussions going about marriage, and that's the point of the group, that's, that makes certain amount of sense. Also, if you're our friends on the, on the, uh, who wrote in the question, uh, you can just do that without listening to dude's sermons. Yeah. Right. You can just show up to the book and somebody say, well, he said a thing about communicating. I like that. And you say, here's, oh yeah, I read this other thing or heard from this other person about, or... You know, John and I learned in our marriage about communicating, and now we're having a discussion about communicating in marriage, mm-hmm. and we've left the uh, weirdo sermon series behind. But you mentioned being kind of a little miffed at the response you got, and that makes total sense. We, as, Again, we've all—I've uh, definitely been uh, in positions to, A, get responses I did not love from uh, leaders and stuff I was doing with. I've also been in a, enough situations to give uh, answers that I really wish I had worded better or kind of getting not been so defensive about. So my strong advice would be to, and not in front of people, if you, you talked about, you know, we said in front of the group, so that can trigger, it doesn't make it right for them to get defensive, but it's can totally trigger a little more off the side and just give them a chance, kind of like we're talking about the last question to do it right. Say, okay, we, maybe we shouldn't have called you out in front of everybody. We understand that, but the the facts of this are here are awful things this dude has said and you seem to be um taking his side this mega church dude you don't know over us which i know you would never do mm-hmm. so this is a phrase uh, both glenn and jed have uh taught me to use and that can be uh, hilariously accusatory but it doesn't sound to say tell me what i'm missing yeah right it sounds like People you're discipling brought you a thing and said, this guy has said horrific things about mm-hmm. uh, women and families and wants to abolish the Department of Child Services and all this whatnot. Um, and your answer was, well, you know, maybe yeah. be less negative. Yeah. yeah. So swing and a miss. Yeah. So that's insane. Yeah. That's yeah. not anything you would ever do. I mean, mm-hmm. that you're a person with a functioning mm-hmm. frontal cortex. So tell me what, what X factor we don't see here. Right. And the hope is that they will say, Yes, we we felt a little defensive because it's the first book we've tried and put mm-hmm, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And you can move on. That's the other thing that makes this different from hearing preaching up front is, and this is something that you know and we don't, is, this is if this is a thing where we're doing the sermon series for eight weeks and then after that we're on to the next thing, 
you can volunteer in the children's department during the first hour or decide that you have to visit a relative or, you know, just go and join the discussion, not read the thing. So, And just a very quick thing on that is sometimes you have a mentor or leader or something that can take you from A to B, but then you need to move on to another person to take you from, from B to C. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. It just means... Mm-hmm. You know, some people aren't that well-versed on what's going on out there. They're not doing a great job with leadership and stuff. And that's not that they're a bad person. It just means maybe we need to move on and, Mm -hmm. you know, find some better leadership. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that is one of, uh, if you're going to do that, which is is certainly an option, um, especially if you're going to stay in the same church, it's a better idea to be communicative about that and say, you know, we we brought the issues to you and we don't think any less of you, but we're really not going to entertain the idea that it's not, you know, uh, the word says actually a lot about the things you take in and the effect Mm -hmm. it has on you. So we're not doing this. So we're going to go to so-and-so's community group for a few weeks and see how we like that. Or we're going to try something else. If you're going to do that, especially if you want to maintain any kind of relationship, uh, as I believe the kids say, ghosting is not necessarily the best shot. You have a perfectly justifiable position. So it's a good idea to kind of be open about that, and again, if you want, if these people are important to you, and you want to give them a chance to do the right thing, it's a, it's a good it's a good way to set up them doing that. Mm-hmm. This, yeah. Again, as we, there's a lot of details we're not having here. This is one of those situations where we talk a lot about left and right limits at its most, pardon me, at its most extreme of these of people in leadership at this church think saying these kinds of things is okay. That's a that's a, a nuclear fallout level situation. We have to deal with that. On the f- the far benign is. Yeah, we agree it's bad, but we're trying to do the best we can because, you know, we have to do whatever and we already bought the thing or whatever. Yeah. And that's perfectly uh, manageable. And you you know better than we do which one that is. But uh, knowing that you are right, that you – it's not a good idea to just be more positive. Absolutely. got to be positive. Positivity, you'll be shocked to know, is not always a net positive. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I, I think, you know, if you have a, a leader that's saying – well, I I didn't know about this stuff that you're talking about, but here's the thing I would like for you to take out of what it was in the material. Mm-hmm. I think that's fine. I mean, sure. it's, you know, it, it. but now that I know that, we ought sure. to switch the material. If you're hearing that, I think that's okay. But if you're defending something that's not defensible. Yeah, if you're just straight you up know. defending it, that's one of the things we're saying, you know. And we, we as Glenn points out, we want to be... Uh, have an eye towards evaluating stuff we're dealing with and that's materials and that's leadership. Mm. But you also do want to have some sympathy for, you know, the, you know, the book of Hebrews says to make being a leader to you a joy and not a burden. Mm-hmm. So you do want to have a little bit of what are we doing here? And it's, it's going to say, if the, if the answer comes back, yeah, I agree. That's all awful. We already bought 20 copies of this book. I think there's a couple of good things in it. Let's just, you know, we'll spend five minutes of the hour talking about the book and 50 minutes talking about just, marriage and prayer requests so mm-hmm. can you meet me halfway on this there's no problem with that again yeah. this is this is uh, there we and we are certainly on that there's some people really want to sound the bad doctrine alarm and f- flee from that and there's certainly times when that's called for but we want to make sure we kind of really have the lay of the land before we go that far all right move on to our final question here it comes in anonymously to our tumblr inbox and it says <laughs> I need you guys to talk about all of this, quote, locker room talk, unquote. Is that really how guys talk in locker locker rooms? And if it is, what am I supposed to think about that? Because this is my job, (laughs) if some of you are blessedly unaware of what this person's talking about, 
I'll give you a very quick, to the best I can, neutral <laughs> rundown of the situation. Good luck. Yes, there are two major political parties in America. <laughs> We're in the... They've each nominated one person to be their representative. That's right. The person they say, when you think of this type of person, think of the, this is our avatar. This right. is the human being who we say that's our guy. Mm-hmm. Or gal. Or gal. Washington, Lincoln, Lepetamane, this person. Right. Yes. Put him in there. Uh, so they made their choices. Right. Uh, one of these people who was chosen representative uh, was caught on a uh, live mic right. saying, uh, bragging about sexually assaulting women. Right. And then uh, members of what is certainly a rigged and biased media said, uh, that sounds like a thing you shouldn't say. Right. And uh, the response was, that's just locker room talk. Right. A couple of things. Uh, one, he didn't say it in a locker room. Yep. He said it on right. a TV set with a microphone on. Right. Yep. Which, even if it's not awful, which it is, it's just stupid. Yep. Yeah. But, and then because of the, long story short, because of the extraordinarily polarized team sport way American politics works. We've had a lot of people on one side, a lot of them Christian leaders. Mm. You may have heard us venting about this in the emergency segment. Yeah. And the first question saying, oh, it's, it's just locker room talk. Yeah. Right. Right. That thing about openly using your power to sexually assault women. That's the kind of thing every man says. Absolutely. This is not yeah. offensive to men and women in any way. Right. But I think, I think it's safe to assume that our question asker is a young lady. Especially if you're of a certain age where you've not been long-term relationships and maybe you don't have male siblings or cousins or something, you 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 don't know a lot about how the opposite sex works. Right. So, with all that said, Glenn, <laughs> please please say something so I can stop talking. Yeah, um, and, and part of what we're doing here is. Uh, uh, we are all employed by a nonprofit organization that uh, has a tax exempt status, and legally, we're not supposed to uh, comment on or endorse any political person or viewpoint. There are a lot. But Glenn, of- so many, so so many churches do that. Are they violating the law? Yeah, they super are. Oh, they're they're, they're just hoping to continue to get away with that. Um, uh, we we don't, and and that's not just for legal reasons. I think it's 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 important for. People to uh, to pick what they want to be an influence on and and focus on that. Uh, I think a church a separation of church and state is a super cool idea, and I I think we ought to stick with that. So we're we're uh, uh, now having said that we are not personally neutral in this. In other words, we have very strong opinions that we wish that we could scream as loud as possible on the internet. I bet you can guess what they are. <laughs> Sometimes we do scream them as loud as possible, but that's just at lunch. We don't record lunch, thank God. That's right. So we're, we're, we're trying to be as neutral as we can, but let's say this. Uh, the, the person who said this stuff, uh, uh, A, has apologized, and B, has said that it's, it's bad stuff. Uh, so uh, we feel perfectly comfortable saying this is horrible and unacceptable yeah it's unacceptable to us it's unacceptable to any thinking and feeling individual if you ask the people who are defending this would this be an okay thing to say if it was your daughter or if it was your wife they would say no and then that would be that so uh so there it is sort of a political defending of something not really a defending of the morality of it so we, we, we want to be clear that we're really only commenting on the morality part of that. And, and here's the thing, is I want to be perfectly honest uh, with uh, 
you know, what is clearly a, a female person who's asking what is it, what do guys sound like in locker rooms, what's really, really going on there. And I think I want to start by saying that w part of this defense as locker room defense is kind of pointing to language that guys might use in a locker room or literally a vocabulary versus the kind of things that are said. Well, it's worth room. pointing out. You're absolutely right. The locker room talk is, as a phrase is kind of part of a larger umbrella of kind of uh, boys will be boys and a lot right. of kind of cliches that get brought up when there's a certain amount of um, people, are, as you're saying, are wanting to give kind of a soft defense of, well, this particular individual took it too far, but right. that's the kind of thing everybody. So I think as you're saying here, part of what we're addressing is someone saying, are these the kind of things that when they're not trying to oppress women, guys just think are okay? Yeah. yeah it's, see, because I think it, it is true, A, that, that guys will say, will use vulgar language sure. in a locker room, and there's vulgar language in this tape. So you could say, well, that's just locker room talk in terms of the vocabulary mm -hmm. of it. But, uh, uh, and yes, uh, guys in, in the locker room will talk about sexual things as it relates to women, you know. That, uh, but I think one, one imagines women doing a similar thing of, you know, I saw this movie last night and it had so-and-so in it and he had a wonderful physique and so on and so forth. Guys might be more vulgar in the language that they would use, but they would be talking about similar physical, et cetera, and those kinds of things. But um, as as you point out, and rightly so, there's two things really going on in in this uh, tape that 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 surface that they're calling locker room talk. One thing is a sexual assault. That's not okay. It's not okay with uh, guys in locker rooms. That's not okay with anybody. That's just not okay. And it's not locker room talk. I mean, locker room talk might be sort of. Uh, talking about a sexual conquest or something. I, I met this gal. Normally lying about a sexual conquest. <laughs> right. Yeah, I met this gal at a club, and we went back to my place, bing, bang, boom, whatever have you. That's not a sexual assault. That, those, Super not. Those are two very, if very anything, different things. most of the time, one of the, the locker room talk will boast about how much consent there was. But exactly How excited right. this young lady was to be a part of the goings-on. That's right. No one in any locker room is saying, I am famous, and because of that, I get to do whatever I want. That's That's just weird and creepy and not not what what guys do uh or really humans uh the second thing here uh that perhaps is a bit more telling on the locker room talk thing is that this is a married guy who is bragging about hitting on a married woman mm -hmm. and that's something that family values voters <laughs> this is really not uh a, a you, you don't say that as a married guy to another married guy because the first thing going through that married guy's mind is would you hit on my wife mm. if you know and, and so forth so this is uh, I, I think w one of the things that may be lost in this tape is uh, are the people in the background kind of going from laughing with him to sort of semi laughing at him of mm. like laughing at the absurdity of that and how clownish and awful and you know, you don't know whether to laugh or cry at something that's so horrible. But, and I'm not trying to defend that either. You understand what I'm saying. But I'm saying 
uh, we, you know, we all maybe have a buddy at work or something that you think of as, that's Donnie. He's my creepy work friend who mm-hmm. says creepy things. And you might tell him, you know, hey, Donnie, you're you're a real sleazeball. And he may not care that you feel that way. And guys can kind of talk that way with one another. But if you had a friend of yours that you're in a locker room with or wherever, and he says, yeah, I'm hitting on married women and this and that and that, and I grab women and so on and so forth. You lay a heavy hand on their shoulder and say, you ever try that with my wife? I'll kick you behind up between your shoulder blades for you. I don't know what your malfunction is, man, but you know you need to, you need to change your ways. So uh, the, 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 the short answer to that is no, this is not how guys uh, exactly talk in locker rooms in terms of the content of what's being said there. And uh, and I don't think you need to lower your opinion of all, all dudes off of that. I think you're absolutely right. Jeff, I can get you to speak to that. I think there's another underlying thing going on here, which is this idea, as Glenn pointed out, this is uh, someone who's uh, wanting to represent a lot of people who do a lot of talking about how values and family and mm-hmm. secularism and blah, 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 blah. And then when someone they does likes it, someone they likes says such thing, one of the key defenses as ever is it's not that big a deal because everyone does it. Mm-hmm. Now, that is antithetical to um, a lot of stuff, uh, having a conscience for one. It's also kind of antithetical to the way Christians should go about life. So I, I wonder if one of the underlying questions that we can help this, this uh, our friend here address is, is this the kind of thing that uh, dudes don't do just because it's unpopular? Mm. In the sense of, if, if everybody thought it was cool to uh, have a certain amount of um, aggressiveness— in this arena, shall we say? Mm. Um, is that something that my male friends and brother, who I think are good dudes, would just, it would, the floodgates would just open on this kind of thing? Yeah, no, it's definitely not. It's definitely not. I, I think one of the things that, that gets lost in, in these kind of discussions, particularly when you, know, you have all this political stuff and so there becomes a lot of excuse-making going on, um, this deserves to be repeated. What's being described here is abhorrent behavior. Right. Yes, um, from anyone to anyone. From anyone to anyone. And and it's it's not only uh, abhorrent behavior. It is, in the true sense, deviant. This is, mm-hmm. this is not how normal people uh, conduct their affairs. That's right. Uh, even, uh, even how normal secular people conduct their affairs. Right. Uh, you know, this is, this is deviant, uh, uh, out-there behavior. Um. I think one of the things, and it's a really dark and cynical view of life that unfortunately some people have, is the view of, you know, everybody's in a constant state of just trying to get away with the maximum amount of stuff. You know, whatever they think they can get away with is what they're, is what they're trying to get away with. And so, Matt, to your question, you know, does, you know, is that how my brother feels? Is that how my you know, work friend feels? Is that how my school friend feels? And the answer is not generally. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, as, as Glenn points out, yeah, there are, you know, people out there that, that you know, have a, a bit of a, of a creepy vibe. But um, it, the idea of someone bragging about sexual assault should be shocking to you. It's a shocking thing. It is not uh, typical. It is not representative uh, of the male species. Um, uh, call it locker room talk. I'm in locker rooms all the time. I exercise a big part of my life. No one ever talks in locker rooms that way. No. Um, no. So I, I've been in locker rooms with professional athletes that are yeah. rich and famous. I've never heard anything like that. Yeah, yeah. But I, but I think there there are, are a couple of takeaways for you, for the person who, who asked this question. The first is, let's suppose for a second that everybody was doing it. 
that basically, you know, most people feel this way. They, right. you know, he tells like it is. He has courage to say what he thinks, but, you know, most people feel this way. Now, the PC police saying you shouldn't sexually assault people? Exactly right. <laughs> right. That's politically correct. Sure. And also generally correct? Sure, absolutely. <laughs> really just correct yes, without any yeah. necessary qualifiers. Yeah. If you if you go, let's look at a at a, an arena where everybody is doing it for a second. Let's talk about greed. Right. If you go into the financial sector, everybody is talking about the fact that greed is good, mm-hmm. and we want more. In mm-hmm. all cases, at all things, we want more. It still doesn't make it good. Right. It still doesn't make it workable. It still doesn't make it acceptable. It still doesn't make it a, a, a right thing. So the, the idea of everybody's doing it, not only does that break down in a Christian theological sense, it also breaks down just in a practical sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, greed nearly destroyed the world's economy a few years back. Right. Uh, so uh, it, it, it turns out, even if we all think greed is super good, it, it may not be functional. Right. It, it, it turns out to, to super not be. But it also means there, there's perhaps a more important takeaway for you on, on two tips, and that is don't lower your standards. Yeah. Um, as you think about the kind of guy that you would want to have as a boyfriend and, and then a fiance and then, then a husband, don't lower your standards with the idea, well, men are basically just animals. So, right. you know, right. uh, uh, you, you deserve a man that respects you. You deserve a man that uh, cares for you and looks out for you. You deserve a man who isn't trying to cheat on you with other married people. Um uh, everybody is not doing it, uh, so don't lower your standards on that. And don't lower your standards either on the leaders that you seek in your life. You deserve to have leaders that are worthy of respect. You deserve mm-hmm. to have leaders that conduct their affairs in a way that is praiseworthy. You deserve to have leaders that you can actually look up to. There are no perfect people. That much is true. But you deserve to have leaders that you can admire. You deserve to have leaders mm-hmm. that you can say, you know, I'd, I'd like to emulate aspects mm-hmm. of their life. It goes back to our previous question, the people you would take advice from. And people who are smart. Smarter than you. And people who are smarter than me, people who know more than me. If you're if you're looking at someone and basically you say, I think that this is a morally repugnant human being who grosses me out, then they don't deserve to be your leader. They don't deserve to be your church leader. They don't deserve to be your political leader. They don't deserve to be your boyfriend or your husband. Um, you don't need to have anything to do with them. You deserve better and claim that better for you. And, and real quick, just to make clear, uh, the people on this podcast don't deserve to judge anyone off of using bad language yeah. or uh, saying something that might be a bit colorful right. that we don't we we don't deserve to judge anybody on that we 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 certainly can use curse words and those kinds of things so we're not commenting on that and we again we don't have the right to judge anybody but it's it's that uh the 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 content of what's being said here is uh, is not normal and not uh, uh, what's going on. And as Jed says, it's not something we should be putting up with. Well, you're absolutely right on that. It's it's also worth pointing out, this actually kind of ties through all the questions we've had today. There's this idea of, you use kind of the word judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, there is an idea there in a theological sense, yes, we should not be judging anyone. Yeah. Like, okay, we can. But also there's, as you're saying, there isn't a thing here, this kind of selfish questions. This is not just some dude Mm-hmm. who said a thing that is awful and was not rightly shunned out of society and had to go live in the woods by himself. Mm-hmm. This is someone who is saying, I should be in charge of stuff, and you should let me uh, set a standard. And there have been other politicians saying, yes, I believe he's a great role model for our children, and I would want uh, the country to mold itself in his image. So th- when you, and the same thing with when you put out a Christian sermon series about 
marriage and family, we get to look at the crazy things you say about marriage and family and decide whether or not going to look at you. That's not judgment per se. We would use the word discernment. This is right. the thing where part of the whole locker room talk and boys will be boys is someone saying, as, as you're saying, everybody uses naughty language and says crazy stuff to get a rise of their friends that are there. Mm-hmm. And th- you are not, not allowed to be offended and be uh, formed by things just because we are all sinners. That's a right. different That's thing. Right. You're not supposed to judge people. You're not supposed to um, you know, look down on them or anything, but it's disqualifying is a word that has come up a lot in the American political system this year. Not quite enough for my taste, but a lot. And you are allowed to disqualify people. Mm. And that goes right down to someone who looks at something as horrendous as what we're looking at and says, oh, yeah, well, men are all like that. That's, mm. you, you are allowed to disqualify that person's opinion about really everything right. because yeah, their right. opinions are awful. Right, right. Whether it be because they really believe that or because they're exp- expressing themselves, I am more interested in this certain political party winning than I am in the level of discourse where they're saying mm-hmm. – that is not judgment in the sense that the Bible is against judging. Mm-hmm. And it's important mm-hmm. to get that out. As we point out in all these questions, people try to get away with a lot on judge not lest ye be judged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they always say it in the King James for some reason. Yeah. So there's yes, a lot more yeah. punch when there's a ye in there. Yeah. But that's not what we're talking about here. You are allowed right. to say, I do not think a person is qualified or set up for this position in my life, in mm-hmm. public life and all this because of things they said that's very different from judgment and using learning to use that discernment and be comfortable and it will be a big part of growing in your walk. And just a, a very quick point, I feel like I'm jumping in a lot on this this particular show. But now that Lee's out of the way, Glenn can <laughs> jump in all he wants. <laughs> that's, that's right. But the, um, we should also point out that we actually work with people who are sex offenders, you know, the yes. guys behind bars that for, for committing those kind of crimes. And for us, working with those men involves making those kinds of discernments and helping them develop that sense of discernment of, okay, vulgar talk is one thing, uh, sort of talking about uh, body parts or whatever, that's something. But, but you know, drawing that line of, okay, but this is a totally different thing. Well, and since, since you bring it up, since you have the expertise, I feel it'd be a waste not to uh, ask, point blank. You, as you mentioned, have worked over the year, of course, you're a couple decades here with a lot of guys who have committed uh, really important sex crimes. Um, you've mm-hmm. seen some who are actually repentant in, in, in the Christian sense and just right. in a secular sense of yes. which hadn't done that, turned their lives around. Some other guys who went the other way. Right. Are, does actual repentance involve the phrase, it was just locker room talk? <laughs> well, you know, it's actually a fascinating question because a lot of people who do commit sexual assaults or, or do something criminal in that sexual arena don't understand what is wrong about it. Yeah, that they're is, deviants in the medical sense. The, exactly right. They they don't... I, I've heard uh, several sex offenders say to me, it's been explained to me that this is wrong, and I am embrace that it must be because everyone that talks to me about it is horrified. But uh, because of the abuse that I might have received when I was a kid or because of the way I was raised or an environment I was in... I didn't think of this as wrong when I did the thing. So, yes, I, in, in a certain sense, uh, sometimes it's hard for that individual to internally uh, understand, have that sense of conscience about this is a wrong thing. Uh, but it's it's perhaps all the more important to reflect back to this person. I'm, I'm not condemning you as a person. I have no right to, to sit in judgment over you. But I am, as you say, discerning this is over the line, like 
over the line. This is unacceptable. This is wrong. This is immoral. And I and and I need you to meditate on that for a few minutes and think about your you know your choices in your life and and uh, get into some repentance on that to turn that around because this is way way out of bounds. You know, one other thing that I think really ties all of this stuff, all these questions together today is learning to not miss the forest for the trees. You know, our, our first question, you know, I think the thing that your sister was asking you is just what kind of Christian are you? Mm-hmm. Are you a judgy Christian or are you a lovey Christian? And I, yeah. need, I need to know which that is. You know, um, you know the, the second question is, is this, you know, the, the dude that wrote this book has these super weird views. Is this a generally uh, sound teacher who from time to time has said some, you know, a couple kind of little bit out there things? Or is this a huge weirdo that, mm-hmm. you know, occasionally says something that isn't crazy? Mm-hmm. You know, and with the third question, you know, is this, you know, uh, 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 just a normal dude who made some, you know, roguish comments? Mm-hmm. Or is this actually a dude with huge issues that... Uh, you know, society might ought to shun. And I think this is the thing that we, that we get into trouble with uh, that, that kind of scares us all as Christians is if you're going to be an adult, you have to make those calls. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. You you actually can't live an adult life and not make those decisions. That doesn't mean that you condemn people. uh, But, but this is, this is the thing is, um, uh, there is a marketing firm that has been hired to tell you that the dude that says this is locker room talk, uh, that you believe that. But mm. you have to decide for yourself what it is. Right. Um, there's a marketing firm that has been hired with the guy with the book to convince you he's a great Christian teacher. Right. Um, That's right. And, and so on and so forth. The marketing runs through through all of this. But you have to actually make up your own mind mm-hmm. on, on what this is. And, and the secret of that is... Yeah, you want to you want to look at the details and the besides and the so forth, but we have to come back to a a big picture decision, a big mm. picture sense of what is this? You know, with with the teacher guy, is this a huge weirdo um, who periodically says something that isn't toxic, or is this a guy who's generally a good teacher and and you know now and then you know forgets himself? You are allowed to decide. No, he's a huge weirdo. I don't want him to have any input in my life mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Christian culture will tell you don't ever make that decision. Right. Don't um, draw the line. Don't don't draw the line. The, the thing you need to know is you have to draw a line. That's right. Uh, there, there's no way to navigate life as an adult and not draw those kind of lines. Mm-hmm. You you have to. Christian culture can insist that you don't, but but you actually have to you have to learn how to do that in in an effective way and you can do that you have what it takes and we believe in you as you do that absolutely right that's a lot of great stuff if you have a question for us say that podcast at gmail.com the bridge chicago.tumblr.com we're going to get you a little lee fix mm. on this week's show after all this is a song lee has in this month's current bridge box a wonderful little worship tune called one step now you're going to enjoy that and get more of that at missionusa.com slash Bridgebox. Thanks for listening. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. To say that podcast, tune in next week to see what medications we're on. Yeah. <laughs> well, everywhere you turn, it seems there's a face turned down with the tears in their eyes. Is it a nightmare that the world streams and the pace of the crowd doesn't slow as it goes by? And what can I really do with just these two hands at my side? Is it that simple? Can I make a ripple? This overwhelming time So today I'll take one step I'll hand out one cup of water Bend it in 
mention of need and the stakes are profound The blood ran through the band-aid So where do I start and do I have the heart? Is there hope? Can I cope with the pain? It's all so confusing Is there a solution that helps? Can I help anything? So today I'll take one 